Welcome to a Couch Divided podcast where secular psychology meets a Christian worldview with Dr. Robin Hall and Nick Thomas. All right, Nick, sit back and relax. And if you can't, we need to talk about that. <laughs> Prepare to be couched. Welcome, everybody, to a Couch Divided podcast. My name is Nick Thomas. Alongside with me, as always, is the wonderful, beautiful, <laughs> glorious. <laughs> glorious. Yes. Glorious. Did you forget my name? Dr. Robin Hall. <laughs> Did you forget my name? I, was, I thought you were going to come up with more adjectives. Oh. I was waiting. <laughs> no, I can't do that. I can't come up with my own adjectives, Nick. I bet you do though. Hey, you, know, uh, like, you do your hair. You know, you're rocking it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, every girl likes to feel pretty sometimes. Dude, right? guys do that too in of front of the mirror. Of course they do. That's okay, right? It's we just don't snap our fingers in a zigzag way and go, uh, uh-uh, uh. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> that also never happens with us. Oh no, no. no. Is that a stereotype? <laughs> Is that a stereotype? I don't know. I see it all mm, the time. That's uh-huh. like a cliche movie trope. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what trope means. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Welcome to story time with Nick and Robin. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, hello, Nick. Hi. How are hello. you? Hello. Good. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Yeah, I'm excellent. How are you? Good. 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 Uh, you know, we switched up the schedule. We're recording on different days, and I, I feel know. refreshed. I feel like this is. A I new know. I think every so often, just kind of. Uh, changing things livens yeah. it up a bit. Well, God yeah. does that for us. So I've actually been thinking about that lately about the nuance in, uh, in environment things that uh, um, that feel refresh. You know, yeah. when you move things. Like when I was a kid, I used to just rearrange the things in my room. Oh yeah, you know, from you know a bed to one side to the other, rearranging where my TV's at or whatever like that. You know what I mean? Sure. And uh, it just felt like a whole new room. It does. And like you want to be in there. Yeah. <laughs> Plus like it's kind of clean too, yeah. like right after you rearrange it. Cause yeah. yeah. Or at least most, most of the time. Yeah. Or cleaner maybe yeah. than normal. <laughs> we get, we get bored a lot. Yeah. You know, Human beings get bored. Boredom yeah. is probably my most like vulnerable state. Yes. Actually. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyway, <laughs> so I also enjoy rearranging furniture. How, how, like, how many times has our living room changed? Yeah, I've seen it all the time. And yeah. every time I walk in, it's like a new house. It's. I think I like the way it is now the best. I do. Because it's a tiny space. Yes. And yeah. It's ample. <laughs> not the space, the way it is arranged. Right. The space is not ample. Well, we, don't, we hope that you don't uh, want to change your environment. We hope you want to stick with us and listen to... <laughs> Uh, what we have we so far. Yeah, we apologize. Yeah, like, I don't blame you if you, yeah. you if you switch it. But <laughs> you know what's so funny? I was actually uh, on that. This is totally, you're hearing my ADHD go totally wackadoo right now. But 
I w- one of the podcasts that I listen to, the true crime podcast I listen mm-hmm. to, is Generation Y. Yeah. And I can't remember if it was the, the hosts are Justin and Aaron. And mm-hmm. I can't remember which one was saying that they just don't like when podcasters spend a lot of time talking about nonsense or, mm-hmm. you know, like the banter that. Mm-hmm. which I totally love. I love that kind of thing. Um, He, so he was explaining that one of the, like one of the ways he chooses podcasts is like when people don't have a ton of that, like extra. And I'm like, Oh man, that's, yeah. So (laughs) I think that's, I was like, I was like, yeah, I think that's silly. (laughs) It's silly. First of all, I do appreciate like you getting to the, like you have to get to the point eventually, but yeah. Like, you know, uh, we're basic as a podcast, like what you're doing is you're inviting people into a conversation mm-hmm. that you're having. That's right. really what like, so this is how you and I are. Right. I wouldn't, how, why should I be? Just be real. Yeah, um, be real. But uh, that person is probably very uh, goal orientated, uh, you know, get to the point. Let's, uh, let, you know, let's do this, in, which is you're going to have to have that in, in certain like aspects of so, uh, show business, like TV shows. Sure. But then it becomes so corporate and it becomes so statistic based that it seems robotic yeah. and it seems shoehorned in there. You know, I like like if you look back into the 90s, mm-hmm. they weren't allowed they they weren't afraid to let a, a scene breathe without any laughs. I don't know what that means. So like there was no laughs. There was just a, a scene where they're dialoguing in the kitchen or something like that. And then what do you mean in a show? Yeah, like a sitcom. Oh. Like like watch Fresh Prince or any of the, the, the stuff in the 90s, you will realize there's not a laugh track every five seconds compared to... Today. Uh, yeah, compared to today. Because today they want everything has got to be oh, yeah, crisp and tight and things like that. And I like it loose. And I I'm like... I'm so sorry. Oh, I, yeah. like, I feel like I tripped out of time and yeah. space because I had no idea what you were talking yeah, yeah. about. And uh, I just... I didn't actually. So when I, when I hear that guy say that and I go, yeah, you're just like every you know, analyst, you're just like every agent on TV shows mm. that, uh, dope, the, uh, the market, uh, the marketplace says that we need to do this, you know what I mean? Oh, like, just very prescribed dude, and like, like routine. Like, like, dude, it's your podcast. Like <laughs> just talk. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so that was completely, that was a total aside. Um, what are, Oh, do we have housekeeping before we get into? Yeah, always. I mean, you can reach us at a cash divided podcast at gmail.com. We are getting your questions. Thank you very much for those. Um, I, we hope you enjoy the memes <laughs> on, on oh, Instagram yeah, that, that, uh, so that Robin is brilliantly uh, putting up there <laughs> to tell you to go to church, yeah, uh, with right. a little, with a little humor uh, on the side. I like that. Um, and, uh, you can find us on Instagram at a couch divided pod, uh, same name under, uh, Facebook. Yes. And you can reach us on there too. Uh, we will reply back. Um, you know, eventually we will reply, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll reply back. Yes. Our currently our website is, uh, under construction. Yeah. So, yeah. um, it actually says expired, but it's not. We own the don- domain Any, name. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we're, you yes. put it back up there anytime. We've got like a whole <laughs> revamping that's happening. It's just a slow, slow revamping. So right, in right. the meantime, you can still access all of our stuff through any mm-hmm. of your podcatchers and mm-hmm. um, contact us through social right. media or uh, email. Thank you for the reviews that you're leaving too on uh, iTunes and Spotify. We do appreciate that. Give us five stars if you think that we deserved it or don't, you know, do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. We're make you do anything. It really does help. Like it helps promote awareness like the more reviews you have mm-hmm. the better the reviews more people right, right. Um, share this with your friends we were I just see. talking about this before uh, the podcast there is things that i've read on the comments that um 
you know, that, that our episode was timely for a person's uh, angst in their life, whatever right. they're going through. Where we through. talk, you know, we published yeah. an episode that right. um, really spoke to somebody's circumstances. And so, hey, you moment. know, share these, you know, share the, uh, our podcast with your friends um, if you think that there's a topic uh, that might benefit them. Yes. Um, or just give it to them in general and have them surf it. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I d- give it to them is what you said, but I heard gift it to them. And that, then I imagined like both oh, of too. us our voices on like a platter being presented yes oh man i'm really tired give the gift of nick and robin yeah <laughs> since we're coming into the holiday season here pretty quick talking about sin and repentance uh, yes okay so what are we talking about today nick well, it's good that uh, we've uh, like led into the uh, conversation about normity, you know what I mean? Like uh, how you're supposed to uh, present a podcast or anything <laughs> like that, because you don't want to be impulsive and just go right off the uh, right off the cuff all the time. You do want to have uh, planned plan. things. Yeah, um, which we do for the most part. But that's exactly what we're talking about today. Impulsive behavior. Uh, well, impulsivity and in, like its relationship with instant gratification right right. so yeah which is what we like a lot uh too as well right (laughs) as Uh, human beings right i mean how many times have you got frustrated with your phone because it took an extra five seconds uh it normally is 15 now it's taking you know 20 and uh how and then you think something's wrong and you end up taking more time trying to fix the problem than you do just waiting for five more seconds (laughs) dude i constantly get frustrated my frustration tolerance for that like technology not working immediately is mm-hmm. so low. Right. And I like we were just talking about this last week, I think. Uh, I remember starting a download a song at like 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. And it downloading all night long. Yeah, LimeWire for you. Yeah, Napster, Napster you. right? Yeah. Um, and now like it. Miss the 90s. But yeah, there are people alive that never experienced inter- internet speeds like mm-hmm. that. That slow. We were just used to that, you know. Uh-huh. Um, we live in a culture that provides, or, or we live in a time, right? An uh-huh. era, really. And specifically in the United States, uh, we live in a culture that is totally marked by um, the ability to get things within seconds. I mean, the. Uh, the information that we have available to us, whether it's accurate or not, and like as soon as we can even think it, it's insane. Mm-hmm. There are still people in some parts of the world that travel miles a day for mm-hmm. drinking water. Right. Um. Anyway, so yeah, we we thought it would be it was an it, it's an important thing for us to talk about as mm-hmm. Christians because God definitely speaks to these concepts that we're going to outline. Right. Um, and so does secular psychology. Right. Um, because, you know, the world, even though their their worldview is incorrect, they are still observing God's creation, right? right? So um, they've got to label and classify things. And they, so, you know, psychology has a lot to say about yeah. this specific area of and, you know, impulsiveness if anything is true obviously the bible said you know we'll hold on to what is good reject what is evil but also we understand from a reformed perspective what common grace is that god's grace uh, common grace has gone out to everybody the believer and unbeliever and we can uh, define you know and observe you know 
natural ways of the world in, in ways where we're supposed to act and things that are destructive. Right. So when I look at, you know, secular psychology and they hit the nail on the head at some things, I'm not surprised at all. Sure. And if I do learn something, it's through God's common grace that I've learned it regardless of who I learned it from. Sure. Yeah. Um, I think that, and that's really like, it's part of the heart of what we're doing here, which is trying to essentially create new language or, or repurpose language mm -hmm. um, to accurately reflect the interplay, right, of mm -hmm. what is, you know, like what does God say about mental health? What mm -hmm. has secular psychology observed? What has, you know, Christian mm -hmm. psychology, I guess, <laughs> observed in terms of human nature, human behavior? Mm -hmm. um, and how can, like, we marry the two? And mm -hmm. where do we absolutely need to divorce and... Yeah. Yeah. Keep away from, you know, right. other things. So, yeah. Anyway, we are talking about this notion of impulsiveness and um, uh, how I think the, the caveat of like how, at least in the United States and other developed cultures, westernized cultures, quote unquote, mm -hmm. um, how instant gratification has become <sighs> the reflex yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> i mean i'm so guilty like please i'm so guilty of this it's i'm raising money. my hand even like my money and i want it now um we really are like if you think for one second that you are not spoiled to have a computer in your hand capable of giving you any information you might need mm -hmm. within like a second that you are wrong mm -hmm. right it is a privilege that a hundred years ago people couldn't even imagine. imagine. So, um, and nope. it really does impact our psych, like our psychological well-being. So we'll yeah. get into that. It does bless us. I mean, even when, you know, as somebody who does a lot of apologetics, a lot of preaching, a lot of evangelizing, um, if I didn't have that information accessible right away, it would have took me forever to learn it. But in oh just a short time of sanctification, you see this in a lot of new believers too as well, that you could be so smart, right. <laughs> you know, Dude, like right off the bat because uh, of the things you can learn. So you have enti like entirely taught yourself mm -hmm. everything that you know mm -hmm. about the podcasting, editing, recording, the equipment. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm nowhere near a professional, but yeah. But you've done that because mm -hmm. you didn't have to go out and search for a master expert of at this mm -hmm. and beg him to take you on as an apprentice mm -hmm. and then train you mm -hmm. because what you did was access the information mm -hmm. that it and so what i'm not saying is that like you like superman found it absorbed it very quickly and then were immediately gratified in it it still took a lot of work what, it yeah. was the access to the information yeah. right a lot but of tutorials it made yeah. it yeah. made that process at least getting to this novice level yeah, that a we, functional we are, level. Yeah, yeah functional right yeah. functional but novice it made it possible how right. oh my gosh i've got a little bit of a goosebump thing a goose pimples yeah i mean and so and that's great right mm -hmm. like all that stuff is great um you know uh, we're progressing you know yes. uh, as, right. it's, it's as people progressing in these things right and i always think of the uh, every time i i i start to think of that you know um and especially a lot of people like if you watch the movie Interstellar, um, and uh, have you seen that movie, Interstellar? Is that the with Matthew McConaughey? It's a Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah, Anyways, uh, he goes to space and he's got to try to find a new planet for everybody to live on. Oh, I haven't seen it. No. Well, or maybe I have. 
Well, uh, uh, Jonathan Lithgow is in it, um, and um, no, I think I've seen pieces of it. Oh yeah, well he the daughter. There's a daughter in it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. She grows up to actually save the world. Um, Maybe well, I have seen it. Jonathan Lithgow is in it, and uh, he is actually playing a grandpa. But he was from you know the early 2000s and the 90s. He's our generation, but as a grandpa in this movie. And uh, he ends up going, you know, the world got itself in a big rush with technology. They're suffering from it and things like that. I don't know if necessarily I believe that. But every time I start to think about, you know, how much information uh, we have access to, how much blessedness and, well, that is a, it also we see some harm out of it, too, as well. Mm-hmm. I always think about the book of Ecclesiastes that says, do not say that the former days we're better. We're better, yeah. It is not from wisdom that you say this. Right. Well, then you have to also say, because it's really saying because there's nothing new under the sun. Right. You have to also say the days that you live in are not better or worse or anything. Well, it, it, and it, there's okay. nothing new under the sun. The, one of the warnings there, too, is to not spend, like, it isn't a admonition against feeling nostalgic about things that, like, experience, mm-hmm. lived experiences that you've had. But it is a warning against pining for Mm -hmm. some idealistic version of days past Mm -hmm. right like it oh the good old days are behind us you know um that is not a christian right because i I find myself in 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 and of itself is not so uh, so bad but can create angst if you uh let it consume you for sure is just you know waxing nostalgic about childhood uh about things that you used to do or great moments and things like that but then if you're suffering at the moment and you're thinking about these, chances are you go, I hate my life now. I, life, I liked my life back then. I wish it was still back then. That's what I want to avoid or right. I want to avoid There's nothing succumbing wrong to that. with looking back on an experience in childhood sure. as with fondness. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you cross that, like if you leave that, mm-hmm. the fondness, <laughs> if you mm-hmm. leave that emotional experience and move into, mm-hmm. well, and I'm just so miserable now. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I'm comparing now yeah. <laughs> to now. And then mm-hmm. I wallow. I give yeah. myself permission to wallow in yeah. that. Yeah. And, and that, that can, it bec- it, what is totally fine and healthy and normal becomes, well, sin mm-hmm. and toxic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I'm. I'm pretty sure that can happen a lot in, in people's lives. Like there was, uh, you know, the corn kid, you know, we were talking about the corn kid, you know, Oh, not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, uh, cone. Yeah. Cone. Yeah, yeah. 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 And so like, uh, you know, everybody likes the song, the corn kid and everything. If you don't know what you're talking about, go ahead and look at it. Oh man. Um, You've been under a rock if you don't. Yeah. Know. Yeah. But look yeah. at the corn kid. Well, uh, when that video first launched, um, you know, just about a, what, a month ago. Um, I have and, no concept uh, of time. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I started getting misty eyed. Uh, mm. First of all, the kid's cute. He's adorable. Like, yeah, the innocence of a child and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, and I saw in uh, in comments, you know, a lot uh, of people going, "Why am I crying over this?" You know, like a funny song. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's just because he's sweet. Yeah. But then we also they're all. I also understand, you know, that um, you know embracing childhood and stuff like that is something that I regret not doing, or maybe I didn't have a choice. I don't know, hmm. but I, I wish I would have braced it a little bit more only because there's a lot of suffering as you grow up. And I go, man, what happened? These times used to be simpler than the uh-huh. times that I have now. And of course I got misty eyed and I don't want to be consumed by that, but I it gotcha. is a sort of an impulse thought. And I, I thought about that. I'm like, am I crying because of the innocence or am I crying because 
I used to be that, you know what I mean? Or, and maybe it was or a little I, bit of both. Like I wish I had spent more time yeah. being yeah. a kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or just, you know, loving what I had. Sure. Yeah. Um, and uh, that is a big process of sanctification in my own life, loving what uh, God has given me. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we talk about impulsive behavior, which we're going to go into, but a lot of reactions are trying to fix whatever is broken in my life now. Sure. And then, boom, I'm going to gravitate towards that because my mind is so steadfast on wanting to fix things now. <laughs> whatever emotional, physical, whatever is the problem. I was laying in bed last night and thought I had to get my oil changed at <laughs> random yeah at 11 o'clock at night trying to go to sleep so that's totally like a mom thing to do yeah yeah yeah. Uh and then i think that kept me awake for another 45 minutes i don't know mom i don't mean that nick no but it is like if you have responsibilities sure you you think that way there is a difference hopefully between like the carefree unburdened uh experience that childhood should be right kind of ideally (laughs) that we've created in the western uh, societies uh, Um, at least yes which is totally unrealistic Mm -hmm. right and also brand new as a concept right um kids like eight or nine years old we should be sending our eight-year-olds into the coal mines that's not what i'm saying i mean i mean back then you know we should start learning we're prepared for that work ethic right when we're young that doesn't mean we use our children Mm -hmm. uh, you know Mm -hmm. on slave labor but yeah. Okay. So I thought it would be interesting to talk about what, how the American Psychiatric Association defines some of these concepts mm-hmm. and then talk about what God yeah, says. Yeah. We'll analyze okay. that so through a biblical wh- lens. You know, we'll, and we'll kind of wrap up with, so, well, you know, why is it important as a Christian to understand impulse mm-hmm. and manage it? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, why does that matter? The, as Jeff Durbin would say, the so what of yep. it, the so what of it. So, um, all of this information that we're about to go over, I took right from the American Psychological Psych Psychiatric Association. The Association. I'm sorry, I was stumbling over my own tongue. Their website. Um, so to understand how right instant gratification and impulsivity kind of work together, we should define both. Right. So. Um, the APA actually calls this immediate gratification, mm-hmm. not instant. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always heard instant. Mm-hmm. Have you heard instant? Yeah, I've usually heard I- I- instant, not immediate. But I like the word immediate a little bit better Do you? Um, in this. Um, because immediate doesn't require you to instantly have it. Because the immediate instant gratification is that you want something at that time. Um, and you want it now. It's, it's mostly talking about the substance of your behavior instead of the behavior itself. Wait, I don't understand how instant or immediate, how immediate changes that from instant. Well, it's like uh, when you have food, right? Like, uh, you know, instant ramen kind of thing. You get it right now. But so does But that's the artifact of instant. um, Immediate is the same thing. Yeah, I'm thinking immediate is in the mind. Like, I want it now, and instant would be the action of of obtaining it. Oh, no. Okay, sorry. That distinction is not made. Yeah. Okay, so this is just talking about the quickness. Mm Mm-hmm. Of the gratification, okay. how yeah. quickly it comes. Oh, okay. So this is actually talking about the action, how, or the artifact how of quickly it. it becomes. So um, the APA dictionary defines this defines immediate gratification as the experience of satisfaction mm-hmm. or receipt of reward as soon as a response is made. Mm. Um, so, uh, you know, we've talked about this before in other episodes. Both Nick and I come from. Uh, historical substance mm-hmm. use and 
um, this is a huge piece of the reinforcement schedule that happens when you use substances Mm -hmm. as soon as you swallow well Mm -hmm. i mean pills you've got a little bit of a delayed gratification right Mm -hmm. like however long it takes you to metabolize it Mm -hmm. but when you smoke something when you snort something Mm -hmm. when you inject something into your body with Mm -hmm. a needle it is instantaneous the effect so it's this is a huge piece of drug use mm-hmm. and the reinforcement that occurs in using chemicals like that. So that's always what I think of immediately as an example. So immediate gratification in contrast to delayed gratification, right? Which would be foregoing the immediate reward in order to obtain a larger, more desired or more pleasurable reward in the future. Mm-hmm. I feel like it seems obvious, but we don't really stop and think about this stuff a lot, like defining it like this anyway. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. So this is based on the pleasure principle. Yes. Okay. So the pleasure principle is the view that he, view worldview guys. That's like, should peak our ears mm-hmm. that human beings are governed by the desire for sati- or excuse me gratification or pleasure and for the discharge of tension that mm-hmm. builds up as pain or unpleasure when gratification is lacking. Right. No wonder hedonism um, is a part of our culture. Right. If they're divining this um, as, you know, a normity um, in, um, you know, the human condition, uh, suppose if you want to say it that way, then the pursuit of pleasure, I mean, it's not surprising to me that a worldview about the pursuit of happiness or the pursuit of pleasure being the ultimate goal right. to everything uh, would well, come that, about. So that's just not so realistic. true. Yeah. Like you see it everywhere. Um, you know, if it doesn't make me happy, it's not worth my time. Mm-hmm. What a load of horse. Yeah. And how selfish too as well. I mean, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Guys, if that is the psychology that you're using to feel better, mm-hmm. it's the wrong psychology. Right. Mm-hmm. There is nothing at all biblical about that. It's n- okay. And what I'm not saying is that God doesn't want you to experience joy. Of mm-hmm. course, that's a part of being saved. Mm-hmm. Rejoice. Again, right. I say rejoice, right? right. It, that's very clear. Um, and happiness doesn't have to come. But the pursuit of happiness is not the right. ultimate goal or ends of your life. No, I mean, unless that that happiness is from the overflow of Christ. I right. mean, I can hear John Piper now talking about Christian hedonism, yes, right? Yes, yes. That, uh, yes, it comes through suffering. Yes, <laughs> uh, of that, course. So basically, there is a big divine delayed happiness that comes into the fullness when you're a Christian, which is the resurrection of the dead. There are joys and rewards and smiles and laughter and happiness in between, of course. But your whole life is not like that. Right. Right. But, uh, again, the book of Ecclesiastes, rejoice in the day of prosperity. Mm-hmm. Be happy that you're happy. Of course. <laughs> you know? But then the end of the day of adversity, which means there is an, adver- uh, an, an adverse day coming. Yes, right. Co- um, uh, consider that he has made one as well as the other. Right. So he's giving you a heads up here. Right. There's happiness you have and there's been, sorrow. Yeah. You've been granted permission right. to rejoice mm-hmm. In right. all circumstances. And then he tells you to consider why he's made one as well as the other, because right. it goes so that you cannot find out what comes after you. Mm. Basically, God is saying, I've prohibited you from knowing the future. Right. Um, which, which is, isn't that weird that time plays yeah. on our joy and happiness. So we should consider both that, things. Right. A God that transcends time has restricted us in time. And um we should totally I love that. We should yeah. do a to- we should do an episode on the like 
mind scramble that that is. Because mm-hmm. it, it, no wonder we have adverse reactions uh, right. sometimes when the sun goes down. The I don't know if this is correlated, but you know, just observationally knowing that God has prohibited us oh, from knowing. We certain are things. so time sensitive. Yes. Well, and part of that, of course, is also understanding that we are mortal. Right. Like that, this flesh is mortal, right. not our not our soul. And then is an instant or immediate gratification and impulse reaction of time and wanting it uh, at a particular time, which is, you know, right the immediate, now. you know what I mean? Yeah, right we're so now. present focused. We're, we're, we're traumatized from the past. We're so present focused and we fear the future. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do. We're all, we also spend a lot of time future focused. Yeah. We worry about things that are coming. Yeah. Right. P- supposedly, or yeah. like they might, things that might be coming. And sometimes all you mm-hmm. have uh, to define that is in your inevitable end. Mm. Um, right. Uh, again, but, I keep going. The only guarantee, like death and taxes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Death and taxes. Right. <laughs> uh, but, and like, um, you know, again, I keep going back to the book of Ecclesiastes. This is providential, but God says, you know, that he's made everything beautiful in its time. Um, and he has written eternity on man's heart. Mm-hmm. Right. So everything beautiful within its time. And he's written eternity on your heart right. at the same time. There is always a reaction to understanding that you have an inevitable, uh, inevitable end. Um, I would say uh, it's okay to uh, have a healthy fear of death. What I mean by that is that um, God has given you certain um, um, defense mechanisms to, you know, go away from danger. You know um, what I mean? Like, yeah. hey, it's not good for me to die. Um, I'm going to go over here and not die, <laughs> you know? Right, right. But then also there's a people that fear death to where they don't do anything, you know, agoraphobia or something like that. They just stay in their homes. Sure. And um, and uh, that is an unhealthy fear <laughs> right. of death. Right. right, right. We should embrace it and live as long as possible. Um, obviously, we to know that to the glory of the Lord. And then go home when he has us go home. So, um, and and so yes, we have to have a healthy fear of that death. So, so or respect for it at least. This the, the to go to just to circle back to this pleasure principle idea, which is where the whole concept of immediate gratification comes from. Um, you can you really can feel the worldview here, like at play, and so this is a Freudian concept. Okay, mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about that a little bit more in just a sec, but um, the evolutionary worldview mm-hmm. that come, like it's so evident in this, okay? Mm-hmm. The view that human beings are governed, okay? We're, so it you, like, even atheists must admit we're, we're, we are a slave to something, mm-hmm. okay? Right? Like beings are governed by our desire, right? Our emotions mm-hmm. for gratification, for mm-hmm. satisfying of want, right? right. Or pleasure. And that, and for the discharge of tension, so the anxiety that builds up as a result of pain or unpleasant experiences that result when you aren't, you know, gratified. Mm. So it is so evolutionary. It speaks to this like we are, we are victims of our nature. And that, while we Christians have a lot to say about our nature and whether or not we're enslaved to it, mm-hmm. we are not victims of it. Right. Right. The whole the concept of like sin nature is just to describe that in the same way prior, you know, before Christ in the same way that a vulture being a carnivore will choose meat, mm-hmm. right? A rabbit would choose a carrot, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that is, it's not, that is our nature. Right. That is just 
the way we would decide. Mm-hmm. And before Christ, we are in our nature, sinful, rebellious haters of God. And it's not surprising that we would look at, you know, um, in our environment as a victim of our environment or anything like that um, because of the product of the fall. Of right. course, that corrupts our faculties and wrong thinking. Mm-hmm. And you can go there, and I would agree. But then, you know, what did he tell Adam to do, which is take dominion take over, dominion. right? And the curse now is on a land, uh, on the a land as well as humankind. The flesh, right, um, our beca- flesh and... Right, and it, the land and the environment rebels against us, right? Right, And so you put God out of the equation, it just seems like that we're victims over the environment. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not. Right. It's just we were supposed to take divi- uh, dominion, and it rebels against us through thorns and thistles. Right. You will labor. Lib- labor, childbirth. So the Christian perspective is giving you the Holy Spirit from the belief in the gospel and the hope of eternity uh, to reconcile unto uh, unto us that cultural mandate to rule and master over our environment. Um, we talk about new theta counseling. That is one of the principles that Adams uh, would employ that I actually agree with, mm-hmm. is that we need to learn to master this environment. Um, and we're hoping, our you know. E- yeah, our external environment, yes. right, and our internal environment. Yes, and, um, and uh, so, I mean, and as a post-millennialist too as well, right? He has dominion. Right. He's told us to, make, uh, to take dominion. Me- the meek shall inherit the earth. We do believe that we are inheriting this planet, right? right? So it is important to take care of it. It is important to rule over. It is important to glorify God and, and to pursue things and, and to be involved in things that would actually present the kingdom as being what? Um, established by God who's on his throne right now. Right. That is very hard if in a world of sin and people combating with you all the time, especially your own heart and your neighbor at the same time. <laughs> but uh, that is what we're noticing. And that is probably why I would see them come out with the definitions that you just described. Right. I mean, so there, secular psychology is, ob- ob- is observing human nature, right? Mm-hmm. We as Christians understand that nature, especially that nature is a sin nature, right? Mm-hmm. As before Christ. And because sin has physically impacted the flesh, our flesh, and then the flesh of the world to be poetic, right? Our environment, <clears throat> um, we still fight with sin yeah. even after we are saved. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's just really clear that the worldview here mm-hmm. is one it's an evolutionary worldview so it just it, 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 again it just goes to show you that empirical evidence solely is a really bad epistemology how you know what right. you know yeah because it's weird that christians and evolutionary um, um uh, a worldview thinking would come up uh, would, would observe the same thing right even agree with what it is yeah and then come to different conclusions on the matter based off of what? Etiology. Yes. Yeah. There you go. So, and yeah, origin stories matter, folks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, we have to come we have to come to this with a biblical found like foundation, mm-hmm. a biblical worldview. So, we understand that the explanation for what's being observed here is is not how they explain it, mm-hmm. right? Even if what they're observing is 100% accurate. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in classical, classical psychoanalytics, so in Freud's classical theory, which we have episodes mm-hmm. on, if you're interested, those are Nick's favorite. Yes. Episodes. Much ado about. So if we mentioned that in the last uh, <laughs> uh, um, uh, podcast, so take the hint. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, okay. So the pleasure principle is the psychic force that motivates people to seek immediate gratification of instinctual or libidinal 
impulses such as sex, hunger, thirst, and elimination, which mm-hmm. would be going to the bathroom, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it dominates the id. And mm-hmm. then if you go listen to our episodes, we break the id ego and super ego mm-hmm. down. And operates most strongly during childhood, which would make sense, mm-hmm. right? Um, later in adulthood, it is opposed by the reality principle of the ego, and it is all, which is also called the pleasure pain principle. So, which is why people come out of counseling hating their parents. <laughs> So anyway, um, it, it's really clear where they're all, this is, they're basing all of this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this is about like viewing human beings as no different than other animals, mm-hmm. right? Just victims of instinct, um, you know, millions of years of evolution mm-hmm. and nothing more than that. Um, and we know that's not true mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that kind of belief system First of all, I think you're worth more than that belief system <laughs> would allow you to believe, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and I've evangelized that way, too, as well, with people describing it to me exactly what you just read about at least their substance and their place in this world. Um, and, and so I decided to do a study on hope. And we've talked about that a little bit uh, before. Mm-hmm. Not that on the benefits of hope. There's enough studies out there to show you that hope is good. But then what, I mean, analyze it through a survey. I want to know what people think about hope um, because I want to know if there's a false hope or a true hope on there and uh, to define definitions with uh, apologetics uh, and, um, you know, arguing for its objectivity. Because if you're just a big nothing in this world, (laughs) you know, and you're determining purpose, determining hope, Mm -hmm. probably based off of emotions, impulsive reactions to your environment since you're a victim anyway, (laughs) Um, well then, you know, how much are we actually, um, degrading people and, 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 and taking away from the image of God that they bear, how much are we actually contributing to their mental illness by, by a false worldview like this? We say bad theology hurts people. Yeah. So does bad psychology. Oh, and oh yeah. So when I hear that and I go, man, no wonder everybody's in a counseling chair. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're so much more than that. You know, you're capable of amazing things, by the way. You know what? A big piece of this is all the time we have in our hands, guys. Mm. I've been thinking about this so much. This is a completely different episode. We'll come back to it. But yeah, Um, don't be bored. Boredom is dangerous. Mm. You know, (laughs) idle hands are the devil's playground. Sure. I wish I knew where that... uh, first said that? Again, a a process of my sanctification is taking joy in the providence of God and what he's given me, you know? Right. Would I be so bold enough to smile and go, wow, look at this guy. Wow, look at this place that I live in. Wow, look at my family. Wow. Look, I mean, I have everything. Right. And um, and if it was too little, God would have given me more. Um, and he said that to David. Mm-hmm. Um, because nothing is ever too little in the providence of God. You have what you need. Right. right. And in so in his provision yeah. of himself. Basically saying, if you lacked, I would have given you. Mm-hmm. So you can be right. sufficient. Right. You didn't lack. You don't lack. You know, you, you have everything that you need. And it's not what the world tells you um, that you right. need. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. Right. You can be happy with what you have. That's hard. And this is not just a vine counter blessings kid and get over it. That's the cynics. You don't need to go that route. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, you don't need to manipulate your mind either into just uh, embracing these things. Go to the word, you know, um, and. Well, and understand yeah. the gift you've been given in Christ. Right. Because if you don't think that that's enough. Right. You like there's a problem. I've come to give life and life more abundantly. Analyze that word life right Uh there. You know, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth and the life. 
I come to fulfill you. A godly fulfillment with $5 in the bank account is more than an ungodly <laughs> uh, absence right. with a million dollars in the bank. Uh, right. is, is more fulfilling that way. Go that route. Mm-hmm. It's either God or chaos, I, I promise. Right. You, you know? Right. So. Oh, yeah, Christ or chaos. I love that so much. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so impulsive impulsiveness um i thought we also need to define right so we can can explain at least how uh at least how um the world relates the two of them together how secular psychology does the apa um so impulsive as an adjective as a description right uh, is uh, describing or displaying behavior characterized by little or no forethought, mm. reflection, or consideration of the consequences of an action, particularly one that involves taking risks. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I immediately think of like using using behaviors are yeah. very impulsive. You, yeah. There's very little thought given to uh, consequences. Um, there's hardly any the another part of that that's so so important is there's no forethought right mm-hmm. there's it is reflexive you don't consider mm-hmm. you just do it yeah yeah um and that's a problem isn't it nick yeah it is it's a huge problem especially in everyday life where those situations don't call for you to be reflexive like that. Right. You can sit in there. I mean, you, I'm not saying if you're in the wilderness and a lion's coming out of you, act impulsively, run away. You know? <laughs> what wilderness are you in? I don't know. Nick? I'm just saying there is there is instinct uh, that we yes, have yes, in yes. survival. That w- right. That's We're, what these uh, emotions and uh, these um, these abilities to to act and reflex right, off these things right. are used for. God gifted but. us with the ability to react impulsively. Right. But to, right, what what Nick is saying is we're only supposed to be doing that in certain circumstances yeah. where our life or it, the life of somebody that we love is threatened. You don't need to do that at Target, you know? Right, when you're walking. Oh, man, that was convicting. <laughs> Did you do that at Target? Oh, Target is so bad for that. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I was just thinking about this the other day. Well, just yesterday. It, it was during a dust storm and traffic, too, as well. Oh, I was in that. Um, that and, was crazy. Uh, yeah, it was crazy. Um, and um, I do a lot of homeless ministry. And sometimes we go uh, out in a, uh, uh, the middle of the afternoon because that's when everybody's out. It's better to go out in the middle of the afternoon than the morning and at night. Um, and Because yeah. uh, that's just when everybody's walking around, especially homeless people. right? And um, But you're going to hit traffic. Right. Of course. <laughs> my partner, I'm going to put him on blast right now. I'm going to not name his name, but uh, that is with me uh, uh, doing this hates traffic. And I love messing with him when it comes. He just hates it, you know. And um, I say, dude, I was like, calm down. You're not going to be late. What's good about this is that homelessness never closes. Right. <laughs> and I'm just being cynical, trying to make him mad because it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. But listen to that statement. It does make sense. Oh, yeah. No, you're <laughs> totally calling him out. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. But I just like to see him react because the way I said, he goes, you're just making fun of me. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I am. Of course. You know, uh, of course I am. I'm busting oh your my balls. Gosh. But yeah. So I'll, like, I'll confess to and shout out to um, one of my best friends, uh, in the entire world, yeah. uh, Joy Hunter, yeah. uh, she, one of the sheologians, um, I was having a real problem with road rage. Mm. Not that I like, well, at this point in my life, not that I was engaging in really risky, impulsive behaviors 
aggressive behaviors towards the other driver. (laughs) But that doesn't matter. Like, it's about our our heart condition, right? I was cussing in my car at these guys, Mm -hmm. just like getting so angry, so mad. (laughs) And so I was talking to her about this. This is years ago now, guys. Okay. I've been, this is an area that God has worked lots and lots of movement in sanctification wise. Mm. Um, She's like, okay, well, you're not allowed to listen to anything but worship music in your car. Yeah. She's like, and every single time you get mad at a driver, you have to pray for their salvation. (laughs) And I did it. I like, seriously, I, you know, I took her, (laughs) we need friends like this guys. I took her uh, encouragement uh, and directive very seriously. She Mm -hmm. said it really authoritatively too. Um, that was just biblical disciplines yeah. to, to help you not get so frustrated. And yeah. When you're driving. And it yeah. worked. It took right. less than a month. And I'm like, and it, it, since, and I don't just listen to worship music. Now I listen to lots of different things. Um, but I, I really, it totally transformed right. that area of my life. And, uh, you know, it, it gives you the ability to breathe in other situations too as yeah. well because you don't realize, first of all, it's not just about the traffic. No. <laughs> right? But that is your way of, of of getting everything that's out, that's pent out in that middle and then plus justifying it by getting angry in the immediate. Right, by, by identifying right. the traffic. How much has that actually relieved a lot of stress in your life even when you're away from the car? You know, because that, that principle still applies when you're again at target when you're in the line uh at, sure. the, at the mall uh they're in black friday i don't know why you would ever go oh, on that no. day but you know whatever that's a chaotic day but if you do find yourself like that <laughs> you know again black friday would be another one of these impulsive things that we do to rush in there and to, well, to get the sale and blah 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 and so run I each other over i don't participate because i just can't handle crowds like that mm-hmm. I, well that's the wrong terminal that's the wrong way to say that i choose not to navigate large large crowds like that i liked working or on that day. or being up at two o'clock in the morning to shop. But I found it cool. I I liked working on that day. I do think there are some people that plan for a long time to navigate Black Friday shopping and good for you. Yeah. That's amazing. That's not impulse. Some people have a family tradition to do it. (laughs) Um, But you can be impulsive about it. Like once you get into the store and you see all the other deals, but you really only wanted to get the TV, you might impulsively buy something else. I used to work on that day. It was comfortable. I liked it. It was at two and o'clock in the morning. Where did you work? So Verizon Wireless. I used to work at Verizon. And I used to work at one in the mall. No. But it was cool because it was still quiet on our end. But you made a lot of money on 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 commission, and um, and we'd have the new phones and the sales. It was easier to sell, and I would always get the sale. So it was very beneficial <laughs> to retailers or to retailers like me. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but I didn't have to deal with the chaos. I just had to deal with work. I don't remember working like a Black Friday when I was doing retail. Maybe I did though. And there was something cool about working at two in the morning. For yeah. Some reason, I mean, it's work all, yeah, yeah. I hated pulling like inventory stuff. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so what does God say? Nick, about impulsivity, about... What haven't we got over? <laughs> I mean, like... I think we should go over how what God says about our responsibility over our emotions. Sure, yeah. And so we have to make a, a, a category con, a distinction, right? Yes. Because remember, I did say that there is a place and a time to be impulsive, right? right. Or whatever we would want to call reflexive. Yeah, right? reflexive that way. Um, and normally we do that in an environment where 
it doesn't, you know, there's real danger. There's real danger real in threat. doing that. Yeah. Um, and not, and not like it actually saves you time to react impulsively. Exactly. Yeah. So the Bible actually says, do not act hastily. And it's usually involving actions involving what the moral law and, you know, and sin and things sure. like that. Right. Um, and Proverbs, what, 19, eight, um, says that a person who gains sense loves his own soul. Mm hmm. But a person who has haste or quick with his feet sins, Ugh. right? And let's look at that word sense. I'm so called yeah. out right now. Yeah, no, right, <laughs> right, right. We all, we, we all should be. Yeah. Because it, 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 at just first glance at it it, 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 it is saying think before you act. Yeah. And we all agree with that. Right. Believer or unbeliever, you agree with thinking before you act. Right. Well, and, 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 and this is so, this like, this is a real struggle. That's why we brought up instant gratification, immediate gratification. It's one, it's making our ability to control and manage, which God commands of us. He, he tells us we absolutely must, uh, can command our emotions. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially after you've been reconciled with God, you yes. have the peace. Yes, yes, yes. A lot of our, um, you know, emotions that we're reacted to are it, restlessness. So it so. makes it makes the instant gratification that we are so used to with things, mm -hmm. right? Makes denying these impulses mm -hmm. s so much more difficult. Mm -hmm. It really that's and that's why we we tied the two together for this episode. Mm -hmm. Um, and no, there's nothing new under the sun. Please don't hear me saying like we struggle so much more with sin now because then people in, historically, that's not no. true. I'm aware of it now more than ever. So <laughs> of course I have an emotional reaction to it. Right. But, I, but my there, struggle's the same. there are some very real, there are some realities about information accessibility the way it is right. that are we have like we have to acknowledge them and in acknowledging them we know they're not good like yep. um i can't i think it was a reading it was a post by michael forrester mm. um i think it was something that he said uh online it was like but when i got married at the age of whatever it was like 19 or 20 mm -hmm. i had seen pornography four times mm. he's like that's how much this has changed mm. since and I, he's you know i think like in his 40s now that's he's that is so tremendous mm. like access to porn is a huge right. part negative I, I think right like piece of the accessibility of information instant gratification right to the impulse that we have as sinful human beings it's weird. That and we're creating like, oh my gosh, a problem, a societal problem mm -hmm. that we haven't. A huge societal problem. Right. And we're seeing adverse uh, effects uh, of it, not just in marriage and divorce, no. though That's you're still huge. seeing that it's yes. huge. But then also the way we look at each other. Oh yeah. Um, Objectification. Yeah. And because we are sexual beings, probably should behoove us to think that we should use it in the right way. Right. And, and not, actually take yeah. care over it. Right. right. Like maybe it's something we actually should value and guard right. because of just how influential, right. like, what is the right word? We need to come up with another word. How vulnerable, how, like, what an access point it is for both of you in terms of, like, mm -hmm. your spirituality because of what God created sex to be. Mm -hmm. 
and, and, and think about it, you know, you know, in this environment where the world says, okay, we are sexual beings. They have identified it just as Christians would have uh, identified it. And because sex is good and natural, have much of it as possible. It shouldn't harm you. And I go, well, that's not true. Any good design, if overused or used in the wrong way, will harm you, oh right? Oh, my gosh. Abs- well, okay, and here, guys, this is the thing, guys. Wanting something doesn't make it good. Yeah, exactly. Who needs to hear that? Or wanting it at the time that you want it yeah, for whatever. Yeah, wanting something. Okay. Oh, my gosh. How many bad things do I have I just wanted today? Mm-hmm. Uh, six donuts like i've wanted six donuts <laughs> i didn't five. have any but i wanted them wanted six donuts but i, I had wanted five. four like i had one cup of coffee but i wanted four cups of coffee yeah. so j- wanting things right oh my gosh the heart is deceitful above yeah. all things wanting something doesn't make it good no I, w- I would like to speak to the single male on this too as well now i know females will come to this picture so just you know, uh, take it uh, from what I'm saying, it is very hard for a young single male to control those hormones, mm-hmm. right? Especially if you're trying to be celibate, trying to follow God in there, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you find yourself single or alone or anything like that, right? You feel that. And the world says you need to act upon those things because you're torturing yourself by not getting out, right? Now, how much false virtue actually plays into the impulsive reaction? Because if the world said you would be fine, just, you know, wait, you know, and you might not have sort of, you know, a sense that you might be in danger because you're waiting, right? You might um, actually be able to understand that you can control <laughs> your well, own okay. body. Another part of that is too, like, you wouldn't have that fear. for those of us that were, were brought up in public school. Hi, I'm Robin. I was, mm-hmm. um, we look at things and we have been trained to view things through an evolutionary lens. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when we look at, when we think about sex, that's how we think about it. We think about it as, uh, this thing that we're not responsible for controlling impulse and urge over because it's just a part of our nature. Survival of the fittest sexual fitness has like fitness has to do with how well you can pass on your genetic information, right? Your reproduction. So like, we have to check that that is influencing how we understand things, right? Um, as a Christian, we like we're image of God, like image bearers. Mm-hmm. We are not victims mm-hmm. of our biology, right? In that way, nope. So quit using that as an excuse if right. you are right. And so now you have this running through your system, running through your body. You you mentioned pornography. Right. Sexual immorality is a huge sin. Yes. It is a, a, and abomination. And it manifests in so many ways, guys. It is a, a, an abomination to God, but not only that, Paul describes it as a sin against your own body. Your, yes. Which we do see this empirically, what that could mean. I don't think Paul had this in mind. I don't think he knew the science behind it, right, but he right. did know that it corrupted their heart uh, and defiled you. Right. And it disassociates you. It makes you a wild animal lusting after it all the time. Guys, also, <laughs> also... They understood that part. Like porn. I have, um, I have unfortunately spoken with more than one couple mm-hmm. who felt like were, were absent until marriage. Right. But there was a history of pornography abuse. Mm. Right. By either. And there are physical limitations. Mm-hmm. Right. 
physical repercussions yeah. in terms of, I feel like we didn't give a warning for this episode because I had no idea where we were going here, but it's like all right. arousal, right? Yeah. Difficulty becoming aroused because they have been, the like yeah. the, the parts of your brain that are involved in this yeah. are so programmed, rewired mm-hmm. by the use of pornography. I can't, I can't even begin to express no. the heartbreak, right, that comes from something like that. So this is, that's one of the reasons that I thought this was a good example to yeah. use, right? And it shows you that even just mere observation would tell you that capitalizing on your sexual atmosphere every chance you get should be wrong. Right. Because if in an evolutionary worldview you need to pass on your gene pool, um, it's good to actually being, you know, to be able to do that, not to shot it in the dark and, uh, um, and to, to bury it. Um, so going back to that proverb, cause I want to yes. analyze that. Yeah, I just, yeah. again, remember who, he who gains his sense loves his own soul. Who he was quick with his feet sins, right? It's mm-hmm. talking about acting in hasty behavior. But then what does that word sense mean? It's lab or lab or lebech, whatever oh, yeah. you want to say. We've talked it, about that before. Yeah, we've talked about that before. And every time it's used, if you do a word study on that, especially in the Old Testament, right? It's a Hebrew word. It always, you know, the word usually usually rendered heart or if somebody's talking about his, so he said to himself, he's, it's always talking about the inward person. That word sense. Ba- basically, it's better to translate this, who, who, he who gains a heart loves his own soul. Now, what does that mean, right? Mm-hmm. And then he who is quick with his feet sins. That should give you a little insight to the, to the um, former part of that first. Mm-hmm. It's about knowing your inward self, knowing your inward heart, knowing your mind, knowing your intentions, knowing your will. At the same time, the Bible says, the heart is deceitful above all things who can really know it. So you seem to have two contradictory passages there, but they're not. They're categorical distinctions of what you can know right, and what you can't know. <laughs> oh, yes. and, and well, so. and like it is a warning that we are like because of our nature, because we have been impacted by sin in the way that we have, we are likely to want things that are bad for us. Right. So. <laughs> and the thing is, it says that you. You can know those things. Yes. And you can. You really can. <laughs> right? I that mean, doesn't mean that you will know. Like maybe there maybe there are things that you are doing that you have no real truly no conscious awareness mm-hmm. that they're they are injuring you. I mean, I'll give you an example. People are listening to this podcast right now, right? As you, in your car, in your homes, and some of you are nodding your head along with us mm-hmm. because you knew. Yeah. You didn't really have to pick up this podcast to know. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but the totality and experience of life has shown you this. You've learned wisdom along the way too as well. Teachers, preachers, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's how we feed off the information. Of course, you know. But this proverb is telling you to know your own will, to know your own intentions right. as a way of discerning so that you don't, it's not saying, you know, uh, prohibiting you from action. No. It's prohibiting, it's saying, think about your own intentions before you act. Right. Not just think so you can, uh, have the action become successful, mm-hmm. though that might be a part of it, but n- to know your intentions at all. So even if you're uh, successful with your action, mm-hmm. it's not destructive, you may have one of stayed away from it in the first, you know, still, or you may want to progress in it. It really is talking about your own heart's intention on right. here. And I find that radically um, different than just think before you act yes it is because now i have to understand first of all the imputation of righteousness in christ in me what i can do according to his law and then plus my sinful intentions of wanting to transgress that right yes well and i think your example is such 
It's a good one because you, even without recognizing, you put like the emotionality of whatever is happening in the circumstance at the very bottom. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that's the truth. Mm-hmm. So what we're not saying is that you shouldn't have emotion. Le- anybody that's been listening to us for any period of time knows we're mm-hmm. all about feeling things. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's about self, it's control. And mm-hmm. so, sorry, like little Freudian <laughs> slip. Um, the world will tell you it's about self-control, mm-hmm. right? And as a Christian, you are called to self-govern, right, in 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 a way, but you don't do that by relying on your own strengths. Mm-hmm. You acknowledge fully, right, that you are relying on God's strengths, yeah. right? That's what it really means to the, the meek shall inherit the earth. Right. Forgoing your own drawing from God. So um, the world, right, defines self-control as the ability to be in command of one's behavior, and they define behavior as like, well, they break behavior down into overt, covert, emotional, and physical. So, and to restrain or inhibit one's impulses in circumstances in which short-term gain is pitted against long-term greater gain. Self-control is the ability to opt for the long-term outcome. Mm. So I like that definition. (laughs) Um, But we, again, as the difference would be in the world is going to say that you have the power within you. Mm-hmm. Well, oh man, maybe let me reward that. That you are going to find this power in and of yourself, right? Self control. And right. as a Christian, you are actively acknowledging that the mm-hmm. strength that you are relying on isn't your own. Yeah. And in fact, when you do rely on your own, it's it's feeble, mm-hmm. guys. That's why like people in twelve step programs who believe in. Uh, you know, a doorknob is their higher power are in such danger of quote unquote relapsing. Mm-hmm. Like it's not built on anything. It's the house built on sand, yep. not rock. So we understand and we are actually called by God commanded to engage in controlling yep. and managing our emotions and behaviors. Yeah, sometimes that just means taking a breath yeah. in that situation. Oh right. man. I love the 24 hour rule. Yeah. If you guys I mean, if you're like me and have ever received an email that was extremely aggravating or some, a message, a text is probably a better Wait on example. it, wait on it. Yeah. 24 hours, like give yourself a moment to breathe and mm-hmm. think through it and be wise, mm-hmm. right? And that's denying, even if your impulse is to retort back, denying that impulse is you controlling, managing your emotions. And that's, God is calling us to do that. Okay. Um, Self-discipline is another term they defined, and I thought that was interesting. You want to hear it? Okay. So uh, self-discipline is the control, one, the control of one's impulses and desires, foregoing immediate satisfaction in favor of long-term goals. Mm -hmm. Again, denying yourself the, like, feel-good experience of lashing back, Mm -hmm. right, in... uh, I'm totally, I had my brain just went dead in favor of, right? The long-term outcome of maintaining dignity, maintaining Christ-like, like your appearance, right? Not being sinful and seeking, you know, vengeance or whatever. Um, and then two, resolute adherence to a regimen or course of action in order to achieve one's goals. Mm-hmm. Um, I always talk about this because it's so true and it's important. And I think it's a stuck point for a a lot of us. 
you actually like you don't need a ton of motivation right Mm -hmm. if you're trying to change your behavior from a behavioral approach you really need to develop a habit Mm -hmm. so if you can be disciplined like in losing and eating better and exercising the motivation comes when you start seeing results Mm -hmm. right so a lot of people kind of tarry because oh i just don't feel motivated well stop that nonsense Mm -hmm. right and stop trying to rely on your own strength Mm -hmm. right that you are a temple for the holy spirit right let that motivate you um really a lack of motivation and things is uh you know feeling uh, like a complete failure in the things that you're doing or depression from another category of life that you're suffering and it's mm -hmm. like yeah man if this was just fixed i'd be able to do my work better um but like you said it's it's really about you know actually stopping that mm-hmm. uh, that 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 type of mentality which is why we go back to that proverb mm-hmm. to know your heart to know your inner self really if you dig around in there <laughs> uh, through prayer and governance of the holy spirit christian uh, i'm talking to a christian right, at this right, point right, right. right uh don't just make up your own conclusions about what that is mm-hmm. uh, learn the doctrine of man maybe you'll find out a little bit about yourself but um yes and you can you you can actually pinpoint um and uh, I find myself uh, is a lack of motivation means I'm angry at something. Huh, interesting. Yeah, um, which would cause sadness sometimes, which could cause depression, all, all, blah, 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 mm-hmm. right? It just trickles from there. But it's usually coveting. It's usually wanting what I want now. Yeah. And then being angry that I don't have it. Sure. Again, there is nothing new under the sun because if you look at that, when God says thou shall not covet from... <laughs> Four thousand years ago, <laughs> you know what right. I mean. Three, four thousand years ago, um, this isn't a new. Problem. This isn't a new problem. No, no. Now we just have iPhones that we could, you know, see the problem every day. But come <laughs> on, that human beings have always lusted. Oh yeah, and have always wanted. Right, and that defiles our mind. And and you know, at the root of a lot of mental illness is probably that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Well, sin, mm-hmm. and so. What we're not saying is anything about mental illness not being real. Of course, it is real, mm-hmm. and there are s- certain exper- like symptom uh, manifestations that are like very largely biochemical. Sure, um, but a lot of the stuff that we experience from day to day, like the situational depression and anxiety that we've got going, mm-hmm. is circumstantial, guys. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's purely existential, and, mm-hmm. and, and that's our sin, and, and, and sinful, and we're all dealing with it. You yeah, know what I mean, and um, and so we understand that. Oh my gosh, yes. Again, undermining that is not the intent. No, but it does now allow you to purify your own aw- heart. Yeah, being aware of it, right? Mm. So the world calls that self monitoring, right? Like, Keeping a record, assessing look at, your look, your inner self, right? We at, are called to do that as Christians. Look at the complete freedom. Um, of knowing this, uh, yeah. being reconciled unto God and Jesus Christ, knowing what he's done on the cross, knowing that he lived a perfect life, a life that me and you can't live, knowing that he died a death that me and you deserve, knowing that he reconciled you unto God by his resurrection and atonement, saying it is finished, mm. giving you eternal life, giving you his law, giving you his wisdom. I know that seems like the most awful thing that you could think of to those who are full uh, to those who are dying and perishing it's foolish mm-hmm. but to those who are being saved it's a very gift of life right. knowing your own heart and having that exposed on the cross is complete freedom as jesus says you know you will know the truth and the truth will set you free 
Proverbs 19.8, go ahead and parallel that to the gospel. He who gets a heart loves his own soul. Mm-hmm. He who knows that. Subsequently, when you believe in Jesus, he gives you a new heart. And he tells you all kinds of things about it. He tells you that he's replaced your heart of stone with a heart of flesh. But he also says that there is some kind of um, um, uh, war raging on in, in, in oh, you yeah. as you still have corrupted flesh, as you're being sanctified and being renewed day to day. Right. This The Christian walk is never instant gratification it's always in light of eternity and that's the way we should think about everything that we're doing too as well when you think about your heart when you're in line about how many how many uh how much would our environment changed uh if we think in light of eternity about all of our actions Mm -hmm. what's the rush goodness gracious you're gonna live for a long time what's the rush i'm not talking about this life only convicted right the meek shall inherit the earth your light and momentary affliction (laughs) is nothing compared to the glory that you will receive on the day of jesus christ right and we need to i'm I'm getting misty-eyed as i talk about this because we all we all fall in this in this in this regard basically our impulsive behavior when not appropriated right is a big dissociation away from the finality, that blessed hope that we all should be walking according to in all of our actions. Mm-hmm. So this is why it's important to know the heart, to know the right. intentions. Slow down. Slow down. Be content in your salvation. Exactly. It, this doesn't mean that you can't achieve your goals, you know, that you can't right. plan, right. and that you can't go th- and better your family or get the job that you want or yeah. ask for the You're raise. You're supposed to be a hardworking. <laughs> right. You're supposed to be hardworking. You're supposed to strive for excellence as a Christian, but your your happiness and contentedness is not hinged upon yeah. those things. Mere observation will tell you that you will never get through it by going 120 miles an hour. That yes, we we know all that saying slow and steady wins the race kind of thing like mm-hmm. that, but yes, a calm atmosphere, well cooler heads will prevail. We know that mm-hmm. you know what I mean. A calm atmosphere will allow you to appropriate the things that you're striving after with good intentions, with good desires, God placed desires instead of lustful coveting that will dissociate you away from God. And when you don't get it, get angry at him. Yeah. <laughs> which defiles you even more. Right. And, you know, people have left the faith. It says in the scriptures, do not let a root of bitterness grow up in you and thus fall from grace. That root of bitterness is paralleled with the Old Testament. It means idolatry. Yeah. It does. It means that anger that allows you to flock to something else besides to God, and it grows up within you. Um, if you look at that root of bitterness, you can see at the center of it, it is covetousness. It's what mm-hmm. you want and what you want now. And you didn't get it. Well, and the, I love too. Doug Wilson talks about this in it. So I love the way he does the covetousness. Like the end, when you envy you, it's not just that you want something that you believe is yours. You want it and you want the person that has it mm. to suffer. So, like, think about the wickedness involved mm. in that. I wish they didn't have it. You know, I wish I had it. I know. Yeah. Right, to, to their harm. It's a double fold. I want what they want. And I don't and want I, them to have it. Yeah, and I also want the prestige that they have, which means I want to actually take it away from them. 
And yeah, you want to harm that other harm. individual by your envy. And I think that there's, yeah, there's some truth. No wonder to that. God yeah. warns us away. Yeah. So anyway, I think we've talked about just about everything. Yeah, we I got can. a little, I got a little preachy there at the end, but um, you know, <laughs> I, I hope that that resonates within your yeah. soul. And if you're struggling with that, which I do, we um, so we all struggle with impulsiveness, yeah. and we just we thought it was important to call out like. This is, it's a human sin problem. It's a human problem. And as a Christian, it's not okay to just let it go, Mm -hmm. right? We are called to be, manage our emotions, manage our thoughts, right? And if you're struggling with that, you need to be in community with other believers, Mm -hmm. right? Accountability. Especially, I mean, and you need prayer too as well. Of course, we always pray for every uh, single one of you before we listen to the show, believer and unbeliever. Before we Believe it or not. (laughs) Before we record the show. Yeah. But also be involved in your pastors. It's more beneficial to you to go to the shepherd that God has ordained for your soul um, to get wisdom. Yes. Right. Um, And to, to be led through that. That's their job. I mean, it is their job. And trust me, they want to do that. They really you know do. I mean? Yeah. And uh, pray for them because it could, uh, um, you know, it gets, they're tired. Yes. They get tired really quick. But, <laughs> you know, in all your angst, and we're going to wrap it up here, in all your angst mm-hmm. and all your uh, reactions to your environment. All your and, impulses. <laughs> anger in traffic. Just listen to spiritual worship music. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no. Hey, it mem- worked. It worked. Remember, believer, take heart. Take heart because Christ has overcome the world. Think in light of eternity because Mm. Christ has overcome the world. Love you. Love you.